Over the Top is back after a weird mini weekend with a small handful of Premier League matches, some FA Cup games here and there, and Justin, I just have to mention that unexpected El Clasico spanking. I'm mostly including this for our friend Jose, but yeah, how about that? God. I mean, complete and utter domination in every sense of the word, making Real Madrid look like little boys after Real Madrid just dusted PSG. Chavi ball, baby. Chavi ball does look like it, like, no joke, no overstatement. It does actually look like it's bearing some fruit. Gotta say, though, that Real Madrid lineup, bizarre. Did you see that? Well, and, you know, superstition in me. I mean, they wore the black jerseys at home. I mean, Mm mm-hmm. Got to stick with the white. Yep, yep. And you know, Barca was, Barca... Full, Barca was full Catalan in those yellow right. and red ones too. That's what I was getting at. You know, they came into this game hot, wanting, you know, foaming at the mouth, wanting wanting blood, rocking the Catalan jerseys. But look, they look slick. Aubameyang suddenly looks like a good player again, which is, <laughs> if I was an Arsenal fan, I would not be happy about that. But they look good, man. It just, you know, El Clasico doesn't get the same hype without Ronaldo and Messi. Weird how that works, but, mm-hmm. you know, so many people are Ronaldo slash Messi stands here in the U.S., so. I would love to see a comparison of the finances of La Liga with and without the Messi and Ronaldo combo. Like, I wonder how many fewer viewers are getting now without them. I would love you just to know, You just know ESPN, like, totally hates the situation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, in the Prem, like you said in the Open, we did not have that many games, but a lot of consequential results and big, big, big top four and relegation results in this week. And I think we have to start, unfortunately for me, with the Spurs-West Ham game <laughs> because it's just you're going to talk my ear off on how good Spurs were. But hey. they deserve it. I mean, they came into this match, and I thought they just dusted West Ham. Besides, speaking of, like, we we opened with El Clasico, I thought this was easy for Tottenham. And we've been it talking was. about back-and-forth yo-yo club and all this stuff, mm-hmm. but I, this is the easiest match I've seen Tottenham play in a long time. We say that, but that Brighton game midweek okay, was also fair. pretty I did, easy. I didn't watch that game. So yeah, well, fair that enough. Game. I only, I mean, I think big Champions League games are on in the middle of that, so only lunatics like myself would ever choose to watch that. Oh, but Liverpool Arsenal was on at the same time. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I think it was that and some Champions League game. I forget which one. I don't think I know the consequential maybe? ones. I think no, so. I don't know. Anyways. I, yeah. By the way, though, um, Look, what you're saying about coming into this game on the Spurs side with that win-loss, 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 ridiculous run. I mean, what a way to break that against uh, West Ham. You know, probably the second most hated rivals. I would, Well, uh, Chelsea might be second. But, you know, this is a game West Ham always, always show up uh, for. You didn't know what you were going to get from West Ham. If they're going to be on a high after, you just got to say, that win over Sevilla the dominant Europa League team in extra time. Mm-hmm. That's probably their biggest win in their history, maybe. In a Either very way, long in, time. In our lifetimes, without a doubt. So you didn't know if they were going to come into this game super hot and on a high or totally drained after this was only three days after that. And it definitely looked like the latter, which played into uh, Spurs' hands. Yeah, I mean, Spurs lucky enough to exit the vaunted Europa Conference League early so they can rest their players and 
be fresh. But they only had one extra day of rest. But you know, West Ham had the the 120 minute affair right. with Sevilla, which is no easy task. I mean, I've talked, I think, as recently as last episode, maybe the episode before, how Sun goes missing in a lot of games. This is the game he showed up, Kyle. He was yes. here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hit the post disappointingly. It was a big part of the own goal, but had some great finishes after that, including from that Kane's beautiful pass and that finish with his left foot. I thought was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was like vintage Son. We haven't seen a goal like that in a while, where he shifts it. You know, does uh, shifts it from one foot to the next. Uh, does the little stepovers. Um, yeah, he just gave Kurt Zuma all sorts of problems and. Every time Zuma got the ball, Spurs fans booed him or made like cat noises. Oh, yeah, sound, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny. I should laugh at um, that. Yeah. No, no. I mean, look, the fans are ridiculing him, uh, and rightly so. But uh, look, this was a game where Spurs, I thought, um, dominated both based on the eye test and also with the stats. I mean, I. Watching the game, I thought they dominated the ball more than 53%, um, which is what I'm seeing. That honestly surprises me, but whatever. But 16, 17 shots to West Ham 6. West Ham only had one shot on target. It was the goal, um, which Spurs will be disappointing with, disappointed with. But this was, this was probably the performance where I saw Conte ball in full flow more than I think we've ever seen it at Spurs, style-wise. I don't think it was their best performance ever, but just the movements off the ball, the patterns of play, it looks like they've been working on it for months and months, and we're finally starting to see that. Absolutely, and I just, I have to say, I mean, I know there is more outgoing transfers than incoming, as Conte likes to remind everyone when they lose, mm-hmm. but I think Kulisevsky's a player. I'm really <laughs> enjoying him as the third yeah. in the front three. I think he adds a lot to Spurs. Absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of people who love Lucas as well. Rightly so. He's super dangerous, has all sorts of tools. But Kulisevsky, his for him, it's just his, his decision-making and the way he sees the field in a way that Spurs haven't had from a third attacker in a long time. He makes Kane and Son better. He's the first mm-hmm. attacker since Kane and Son have been involved where he really makes them better in a way where... I mean, Erickson's more the playmaker, but Kulisewski can do both. He can contribute goals and provide the assist. I think in seven or eight games, he has two goals and four or five assists, something like that. I mean, he's just been money. He's been really consistent. We forget he's 21 years old, too. He's actually young. I mean, I, mean, I think people who've watched the Champions League every once in a while, which some English people don't for some reason, <laughs> we knew Bentoncourt was going to be good. Mm-hmm. We knew he was the final, even though he's still 24. I did not expect Kulisevsky to hit the ground running like this in the Premier League, but he's, you know, he's got that build. He's got the mentality. He's physical. Yeah, he. I agree, man. He's a good player. He's had even a couple saucy moments over these first games in the Premier League as well. So mm-hmm. I'm always a big fan of that. So yes, I love Kulisevsky so far. On the West Ham side, I mean. Really, I'm not going to beat them up too much, honestly. They've had a great start to the season. They've definitely tapered off since the new year, for sure. Um, I mean, bad defending. I mean, they have Mikel Antonio and who else in attack, really, as a striker and leading the line. 
that holler I mean, they, sale looks worse and worse by the I day. know. I know. And I mean they they play Fornal attacking positions and Fornals is more of a center mid, attacking center mid, not a winger. So they really lack players in the attacking areas. And you know, I know we're finally seeing stuff from um the Ukrainian guy. Yarmolenko. Yarmolenko's had some clutch uh clutch performances yeah. recently. Yeah. I mean, yeah, West Ham have kind of slid a little bit, but I think there are some major, major reasons for that. I mean, look, at a high level, they're still having an amazing season. Oh, I think yeah. they've, they've had a better season than Spurs. <laughs> yeah. Let's be well, honest. Well, yeah, maybe relative to expectation, but yeah, for sure. I think so. But I mean, look, they've looked really good in the Europa League. Um, you know, this is a question I wanted to pose to you, but if, if you were West Ham, what would you prioritize? Because for me, I would probably turn a cold shoulder the top four. Well, not turn a cold shoulder, just not focus on it as much as Europa League. I would try to put all my eggs in the Europa League basket because I think top four is a little bit far, but I don't know. Where, where are you on that? Oh, Europa League, 100%. I mean, just looking at the mm-hmm. table, Arsenal are at 54, West Ham's at 48, and what, Arsenal have two games in hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it'd be great if you could get up there. I think top four for West Ham is extremely unlikely. Yeah. Can they slip into a Europa spot? Maybe. United hasn't shown that they've been good. So for sure, yeah, uh, they can slip in there or definitely a conference league. But for them, you're in the quarterfinals of the Europa League and in a competition that the winner goes to a Champions League? Absolutely. Yeah. That would be massive for West Ham. Yeah, even for a, from a fan's perspective too. I mean, if, you're, if you support a club that isn't in European competition all that often, and you're in the situation where you're in the, you're in the Europa League, uh, what is it, quarterfinals at this point? Yep. And that's huge. And they play nice. Lyon, a, a classic club that I think is definitely there for the taking too. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Look, it's an amazing season for West Ham, even though I'm a Salty Spurs fan who hates West Ham. Um, I, I'm still impressed. And David Moyes, seriously, put some respect on his name. So Man, this was- game didn't really surprise me other than just how comfortable it was. but. You know, I, I think West Ham can still hang their head high. Let's move from the the relative top of the table to the bottom. And, well, I guess Wolves isn't. But for Leeds, a team that we have been ragging on and ragging on for a long time. But now they have two wins in a row. And this one being absolute drama. Going 2-0 down, red card three goals in the second half to come back and rescue three points. What a game, first of all. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat watching this. Game of the weekend. Easy. Oh, easy. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say, well, El, El Clasico. And I was like, it was a 4-0 smacking. Mm, like, no, no. This was the most exciting. Look, I did not. It, I, I often have. You probably have the same situation going on. But I often have the game. Uh, if it's on a work day, like above my lap, uh, work computer or somewhere else. But I didn't expect to really be paying attention to this game other than catching the goals. But the last 30 minutes, I didn't work. Guarantee it. <laughs> I was fully invested. Once that first uh, Leeds goal went in, it actually when that red card um, to Raul Jimenez happened, I was suddenly like, what's going on here? Which you got to say. The red card totally changed the complexion of this match. I thought it was no doubt. I think you and I they were cruising. They were. I think you and I are in agreement that that was very, very harsh. 
I think it's harsh. I I mean, I think it's the wrong decision for sure. Can I see why 100%, but I I just think it's the wrong decision at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, I realize I'm getting a little too far ahead of myself, but yeah, this game was what, 2-0 at halftime. Uh mm-hmm. I know Trinkau came on as a sub after like 15 minutes and finally we're seeing why Trinkau was bought by Barcelona in the first place. I mean, dude dude was saucy all soft. game. <laughs> yeah. That that goal was nice. He was megging people, had some nice tricks and flicks. You can tell he's clearly a very, very technical player. But that second half, even before the red card, I thought leads were finally starting to turn it on a little bit, but I just didn't think they had enough quality to really break through without, you know, Patrick Bamford going off with an injury again. Well, four players leave for an injury, including four players. The Messlier went out for an injury mm-hmm. too. So that's four. Yeah. They had all these young kids in the in the game as well, and wow, this is kind of like watching Red Bull Salzburg under Jesse Marsh, <laughs> just minus a uh, young Holland, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but look, this this game's so dramatic. I mean, pulling three goals back within what twenty five minutes. I mean, this was a game where I feel like tactics just went straight out the window, and it was really just about grit, hard work all the stuff that Jesse Marsh and American coaches love to talk about. Uh, believe, right? <laughs> yeah, the Ted Lasso comparison is still being made, which kind of pisses It's It's just banter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Leeds are now up to 29 points in the Prem. A eight-point gap between them and Burnley and a nine or sorry seven point gap between them and Watford so it's starting to get a little more comfortable for Leeds even though they do have way more games played than some of the other clubs that are below them but massive performance and Jesse Marsh coming in and getting two wins in a row for that club that hadn't been defended and they showed signs of the former leads in the first half. Don't get me wrong. They fell absolutely mm-hmm. asleep on that um, that set piece where they didn't defend the far side. It was atrocious defending, but... Yeah, and they, they, st- they, they are back. I, I mean, one thing that Jesse Marsh has that's a pl- uh, plus for coming into leads is I don't think you're going to come into leads and have to worry about the players not working hard. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Bielsa ran those players into the ground like like uh, unlike any other manager really that i know of the world he absolutely buried them with fitness so you at least know you're going to get hard work and grit but yeah just all the injuries everything seemed to be going against them i mean their best players have been out for the majority of the season with calvin phillips and bamford so mm-hmm. look they have reasons to complain and be down there but um but look I'm, I'm happy for them the the moment uh Luke Ayling's last goal went in. Just the 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 scenes in oh. what was that in the ninety first minute? Just yeah. mental. You could tell why um, Leeds fans are so revered and hated at the same time. They're just they're wild. But can we talk about Luke Ayling's celebration though? Go for it. <laughs> Do you, <laughs> this guy pulling the Robbie Keane, if you remember him, somersault and then pops up with shooting the guns uh, with his hands. I've never seen anyone botch a somersault so badly. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about this until you mentioned it right now. I just totally (laughs) forgot about it. Please do yourself a favor, listeners, and look up Luke Ayling's celebration. You're welcome. 
get to some of the other games this weekend, and we'll go over these quickly because they weren't that exciting or consequential. The first one, definitely in the former category of not that exciting until the very end, Everton getting a 1-0 dramatic win over Newcastle. I mean, they looked like shit, but, I mean, getting that 1-0 win is massive for them and keeps them in in line and pacing with leads to try and escape, but... Those other three teams that are down in the bottom are gifting Everton more and more chances because they keep slipping up as well. Yeah, I think it really does rely on Watford and Burnley because, again, we were talking about Everton's remaining game, and this was a must-win game. And you're right, they looked terrible all game. And suddenly, out of nowhere, 97th minute, uh, Alex Awobi, of all people, uh, of all nice finish, <laughs> you know. Who, again, has been a flop. I think he costs like 30, 40 million pounds as well. Just Everton, terrible in the transfer market. But uh, look, major, major dub. Um, Everton still look very, very meh. But they really needed this because I think their remaining easier games are like their next two matches, and that's it. Right. They have that hellish run, and they just better hope that Burnley and Watford have terrible ends of the season. Arsenal kept their top four hopes alive and well by beating Aston Villa at Villa Park 1-0. I thought this was a pretty boring game overall. I mean, Villa grew into the game only in, in the last 30, but Arsenal looked really comfortable from the opening whistle. And Saka, of course, another one of the young players stepping up and performing and getting the W, finding a really nice place at the edge of the box to snapshot it in. NBC Sports did this really cool thing. I don't know if you saw this, but... And the like the post game analysis, they had this like three D virtual mm. camera on what everyone's mm-hmm. view was looking like at a certain time. Did you yeah, see that? I did. Well, they had some similar in the West Ham Spurs game. I was like, "Whoa, what's yeah, going on here?" Too. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of the goal because even though Saka shot it really close to Emmy Martinez, it showed like what his view was like in that goal, and he was so obscured. It's crazy, like what how it gives you appreciation of how Premier League goalkeepers like react to certain things if they can't right. if they're seeing through a wall of people oh they saw it through uh the keeper's perspective you mean yeah oh interesting yeah and there were three players in front of him yeah because he he really did react he really did react late and you know Saka didn't it wasn't a great finish it was kind of central to the goal but i still wouldn't really blame martinez for that if anything it was a poor clearance from yeah i don't remember who but look you got to take your chances arsenal didn't really have to get into second gear anyway and um, I wouldn't put this down to a bad performance from Arsenal. You know, this is a major, major result for them. So they just got to keep grinding. And, uh, you know, they got to, the they are, they are. I mean, I know they have a slightly tougher run in than Spurs, but, um, and definitely an easier run in than United, who has the hardest one. But if you had the choice of who you're going to be in the table, it's Arsenal. Easy. Three points That's ahead easy. of Spurs. One less game played, you know. For me, between Arsenal and Tottenham, Tottenham have to win the North London Derby. It's no... Oh, it's a must. There's no mm-hmm. ifs, ands, draws. You have to win. So No no doubt. I mean, Spurs also, you know, they have all these lowly and mid-table teams, but there's never a guarantee that Spurs are going to beat those teams. Oh, no. So no, no, that, that could even be harder. Yeah, that's how it... Tends to be, but Arsenal, I think they still got to play. Uh, what is it? Liverpool, West Ham, and United, all of them. So we'll see how that goes. 
in the banger game of the weekend, Lester Brentford. Good God. I mean, welcome back, Timothy Castagna. Jesus. 2-1, Lester over Brentford, but Castagna, banger, first goal. Madison, banger, free kick, second goal. Even Brentford's goal at the very end. Pretty nice hit, honestly. It was pretty nice, but I mean, those two Lester goals. I mean, Timothy, I mean, you can't hit that ball better than Castagna did. No. No. Yeah, that was definitely. I mean, top right. (laughs) <laughs> game game of the uh, or uh, goal of the game for sure i mean i think maybe on some level nice too yeah that free kick is really difficult the way it like dropped went over the wall and then dropped into the top corner is beautiful but castagna yeah he's been struggling with injuries all season uh really goes to show how many injuries lester have had i mean he's been out um Barty's his... missed a lot of time that's right um Center back Fofana hasn't even played all He's season. Played, yeah. The young guys, even like uh not Luke Thomas, but the other young guy, James Justin, it's been James out like Justin's all season. Just recently back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you wonder if I mean Lester's sitting in tenth right now. If they had a healthy, and this is always an if, but you know, a more healthy squad, they'd probably be in the West Ham range, probably. Well, no, maybe slightly under the West Ham, eighth, ninth. I I don't know. I probably would throw them in there. Honestly, yeah. Having I mean, Fofana they, they alone, it. oh, that's would. huge. That's a huge loss mm-hmm. for them. So you not it anymore. Not it. He had that one good season, detracted interest from City and United, and then just fell off a cliff. Uh, yeah. Well, you know the Leicester City defender effect. Harry Maguire, Manchester United fell for the same spell. Hey, man. He Harry Maguire was actually good for Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. United, though. Good God, man. <laughs> All right, so that's it for Premier League. Pretty simple, pretty simple week. So because of a bonus, and we're feeling nice and generous because this has been so short, we'll just cover FA Cup real quick. Why not? Yeah. We're we're getting down into it. It's going to be a so quick little 30-ish minute episode, let's hope, knock on wood. But FA Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, uh, the whole controversy about asking Middlesbrough to not sell tickets for the game, that was a bunch of bullshit <laughs> if you ask me, but... Good thing fans were there, and Chelsea went and swept uh, Middlesbrough side two first half goals and made it easy, really. Yeah, they cruised. Honestly, um, the Middlesbrough giant killing streak comes to an end. What I think Middlesbrough beat first United and then Tottenham. You had some questions if they're going to do it again to Chelsea, but they just didn't have enough quality to really threaten Chelsea at all. You know, of all the of all the championship sides left, I guess it's just two. I thought Nottingham Forest was much better against Liverpool, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which we'll get to later. The other Liverpool club, Everton, I mean, we were just meh on them even though they won, but holy crap. Womp, womp. Blasted by Crystal Palace. Shellacking. Yeah. Absolutely ugly. I don't I even know what to say about it. was really good in that game, but yeah, Everton are just terrible. I mean, it's They're just so, so disappointing, really. I mean, I'm not an Everton fan in any stretch of the word, but like, so disappointing to see a club that should be at least mid-table that bad. Yeah, it just doesn't doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, real quick on Palace, you're right. Zaha was really good. Elise looked great as well. He had that bizarre looping shot that looked like it was just going easily out of bounds. Uh, but nope, hit the post. Zaha's right there to put it away. Uh, yeah, Palace have a lot of talent, but Everton, 
good God. I mean, Frank Lampard went into full meltdown mode in, in the post-match interview, called out his players, said they didn't have the balls. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. It's getting ugly. It's bad. Uh, don't have much to say. Southampton has played City tough in recent matches, and they did in the first half, but City brought on some subs in the second half, absolutely turned it on and just destroyed Southampton. Brought in the big artillery, heavy artillery in the second half and just swept them aside. And then, as you mentioned earlier, Liverpool went to Nottingham Forest. This was a tough, grinded-out game for a long time. Nil-nil, Nottingham Forest were very stout and astute defending. And then Diego Jota um, becoming a clutch, clutch player, getting all these timely goals for them and securing the winner for their 1-0 victory. Yeah, Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, doesn't matter. I mean, I think Jota's what third or fourth in the goal scoring charts in the Premier League as well. So he's been a big player. Even if he comes off the bench, uh, he's been clutch and Liverpool really had to work for this. I don't think they were great in this game, but I don't think they had to be great in this game. You know what I mean? If you, if you don't have to get out of first gear, there's no need to. If you're that confident in your ability and you're that defensively solid, you can just cruise. That's how you win titles. That is how you win titles. And so if we look at the semifinals now, Chelsea are matched up with Crystal Palace, and we have Manchester City hosting Liverpool. Spicy. So we could, get, spicy. we could get City-Liverpool FA Cup semifinal. We have the Premier League massive game later in April between those two teams. And then we could get, I believe, Champions League final between City and Liverpool is also possible. You know, when, because the FA Cup game is set for April 16th, I think that's pretty close. close. I think that's really close to the Premier League game. Uh, April 10th is the Premier League version. Oh, man. Damn. (laughs) Wow. Two consequential City-Liverpool games. Honestly, in my eyes, the two best teams in the world. I mean, I don't know if you agree with that, but that, that's my take on it at least. But to see him duke it out over... Um... Oh, wait, that FA Cup game is also just a single round this time. Yep. Man, for all the marbles. Yeah, seriously. Um, I think there was some rumor about getting this game moved, the FA Cup game, mm. but... I can't. We at the time of recording, we have no further information about it. But there's something about the trains running on that day, and fans can't get to the game or something. So what? we'll find out more later. Yeah, this is a developing story. But City Liverpool is going to be massive, massive matchups. And they get if they get down there into the Champions League, um, both City and Liverpool have advanced into the final eight. Liverpool have a cheese matchup. City a little more tough of a matchup. But if they get down there, that's going to be. That's gonna be spicy. Are they uh, on the same side of the Champions League bracket? No. Mm. Oh, they can meet for the final. Yeah. So Bayern and Liverpool are on the same side, and then That's right. City will play. If assuming they win, will be the Chelsea Real winner. Right. Right. Uh, Chelsea Madrid. Um, City on one side. Yeah, I think Liverpool have the favorable draw. They did not get the favorable draw in the FA Cup, but. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens. Uh, Jurgen Klopp never seems to the domestic cups, so I'm curious if he'll roll out a good team or if he'll focus on the Premier League. I mean, something tells me even the Premier League is what he'd focus on. I think right before that FA Cup game, they've got Aston Villa. It's postponed, though. Oh, never mind. A Champions League, second tie, Benfica, which 
That's how it'll probably be over, honestly, three days before. Manchester United, three days after the FA Cup semifinal. And then Everton, another four days after. Which we dog on Everton all the time, but that's a derby match for them. Remember, Everton's in Liverpool. Their stadiums are, what? They're so close, right? Everton always show up. Yeah, they're like a mile away, not even. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with Liverpool. I mean, you could even argue they're... Their match against Nottingham Forest, they rotated. They were like playing their A minus squad. Mm-hmm. No Sadio Mane, obviously Salah's injured. Mm-hmm. Has some backup midfielders in, but they got it done. I honestly expect that sort of team in the Champions League. Even I think they're going full guns a blazing for the Premier League again, yet again. Yeah, Benfica. I could see them cruising through that matchup. Yep. Yeah, worst team left in the Premier League. No, no doubt. All right, well, that's it. That's it from us. Uh, we have an international break, so you will not hear from us next week. And then the following week, we will be back with all the latest Premier League action. Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, USA, USA Mexico. Mexico. USA need four points, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Four points to comfortably be in the... I don't think that clinches. I think five does, but four to really secure it. If they beat Panama, though, in the second yeah. game, I think on Sunday, I think it's done. That's a big one. Because what, Panama is in fifth? or They're in fourth. Fourth, okay. So what, the top three teams guaranteed World Cup? And the fourth, fourth has to qualify. Plays, uh, I think it would be New Zealand this year, which is a favorable mm. matchup because you don't want to play Asia or South. Definitely not South America. Right, right. Yeah. No, it's it's major, major uh, weekend. Not for Premier League, but... I'm looking forward to the USMNT. I don't know about you. It's excited I've ever been about USA. Um, Since 2014. But I tell you what, though. Well, even we though, had a good last summer, they, though. They got all the talent, but, man, uh, I'm still stressing over them. And they're a young, naive team, so you never know. No Brendan Aronson, unfortunately. He is injured and will be not making the trip uh, to the no US. No Weston McKenney either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But plenty of other good quality. Gio Reyna's back, so that's good for the U.S. because he is a quality, quality player for Dortmund. When we're back uh, in a couple weeks, we will cover all the latest matchups, including Chelsea, including Chelsea, Brentford, Burnley, Manchester City. Can Burnley get points from them? Probably not. Uh, West Ham, Everton, Tottenham, Newcastle, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, and more. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. We will be back in two weeks. See ya.